Koinonia, Christian Fellowship, Communion with God, and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is Community. I am Tom Brown, and your host today, Lance Rawhoff. Hey, welcome everyone. This is Lance Rahoff. I am excited about our show today. We have in the studio a good friend of mine who I've known since she was probably in grade school in the church. And um, I think she has some amazing experiences to share with us. This is what I know before I say your name and introduce you formally is uh, I know you love Jesus and I know you love the things of the Spirit. And you're a woman uh, who takes some risk. Uh, with the Lord. And when I say that, I mean it in a reverent way, but that um, I just think that you have an expectation that anything really is possible. Chloe, Chloe Rutledge is with me today. Thanks, Lance. That was such a nice intro. Yeah. Honored to be here. That's good to see you. So tell us, where are you right now? I know actually where you are right now, yeah, but yeah. our listeners don't. So. Well, I am currently a sophomore at Arizona State University, and I'm a part of Barrett the Honors College. Um, I'm studying economics and global studies with a French minor, and I also work there as a resident assistant um, for university housing. So currently very busy, very full life, but very good life. That's right. So yeah, and you speak some French. I do speak French, yes. Like you, we, not just some French. No, like a lot of French. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I could survive in, in France, so. Yeah. <laughs> is that what you want to do one day is survive in France? Yeah, I would love that, at least for a couple of years, you know. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, how many countries have you been to? Um, gosh, I have been to, I believe, five, five different, four different countries, um, Belize, Namibia, South Africa, France, and Switzerland. Mm, Which has been your favorite? Now that's a tough one. Too tough. Yeah. All of them. All of them for different reasons. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So, but France is kind of dear to your heart. Yeah. Very dear to my heart for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, well, we'll probably have you speak some French a little later. The other thing I know about you, uh, you have a great voice. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> I was, you know, I hope a great speaking voice, but I was also raised in a performing arts school, so classically trained singer. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I have a few questions okay. because, you know, I was thinking before we started the show today, I was like, I, you know, I know you, but do I really know you? Because isn't that true? Like, we can go through life kind of knowing people and spending time with them. But so I have a few questions to ask you. And our listeners, I feel like this is a good way to find out who you really are, Chloe. Okay. 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 Let's, so let's we're going to move pretty quickly, though. Okay. So you're going to have to don't sit here and just think rapid, about like, yeah, fire. this is rapid okay. fire. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, if you could have dinner with anyone in history, who would it be? Oh, gosh. Um, Bill Cunningham, who was a street style fashion photographer for The New York Times. Oh, wow. Okay. Pulled that one out. He's my favorite. Okay, that's good. (laughs) Favorite food? Potatoes. Oh, any kind? Any kind. Really? Okay. All right. If you had to live without any particular body body part, what would it be? Don't be weird. Um, (laughs) I would say my appendix. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, man. This is a cheap one. But anyway, Uh, favorite band? Um, Oh, gosh. I love the band, a band called Phoenix. Really? Mm -hmm. They're French. They are Mm -hmm. in Phoenix. Okay. So um, farthest distance you've ever run at one time without stopping. Oh, my God. Maybe like for 30 seconds. Okay. You're not a runner. No. No. (laughs) So if you had one hour to kill right now, how would you spend that time? Mm, I would probably paint watercolors or take a nap. Oh, okay. All right. Strangest food you've ever eaten? Um, 
I had um the I went to Tucson a couple weekends ago and had lengua tacos, which is cow tongue. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Okay, so here let's get a little little spiritual here. So, favorite verse? Do you have a favorite verse? Oh, um, and it means I love a, there's, there's a verse in Second Timothy for I do not have a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Oh, I love that. Me too. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, that that makes so much sense too that you would pull that one out because I I don't I see in you how you don't have a spirit of fear mm. or timidity, right? And. Um, as a young woman who's following Jesus on uh, college campus right now. So we're going to talk about what that's like to follow Jesus at ASU and all the different things you're involved with. So looking forward to having that discussion. Hey, stay with us. We'll be right back with Chloe Rutledge. Hey, welcome back. This is your host, Lance Rahoff with Koinonia, and I have my guest today is Chloe Rutledge, who is a sophomore at Arizona State University at the Barrett School, Barrett Honors School. Barrett, comma, the Honors College. Barrett, very, comma. The comma is very important to us. Barrett, comma, the Honors College. Okay, that's cool. Hey, you know what I love about Barrett? Do you really? Do you know what I love about Barrett? The dining hall. The dining hall. <laughs> I love the dining hall. It's like a cruise ship. It is. I've I've occasionally had Lance come and eat dinner with me in the dining hall, and it truly it's known as the best dining hall on the ASU campus, and I think it lives up to that with a stir fry station, gelato station, unlimited. Yeah. Going in. Where was this when I was in college? Although, you have to be part of the Barrett School to go to this incredible dining hall. Yeah. If if you're not, you can actually go, but you they they'll charge your student account like four dollars, something like that. So. Yeah. Yeah, you guys got it. Got it. Very elitist. Yeah, you... Barrett, Barrett, comma the Honors College. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's how many students are actually in the Barrett part? Because um, it's like a whole little college within the university. It is. Yeah. Well, okay. It's and yeah. I, I should know this because I work for Barrett. So hopefully my boss doesn't hear this and judge me. Yeah. But I think, I think overall there's like nine thousand Barrett students and oh, okay. the on campus living on campus. Um, I think in the complex that I work in, we have like fifteen hundred yeah. Barrett students. Okay, so like, what's the environment there on campus now? As a Christian woman, a sophomore, how old are you? Twenty. Twenty. All right. Mm-hmm. As a twenty-year-old uh, Christian woman, I mean, you're following Jesus. You know the Lord. Um, you know, you you can hear about a million things about the you know, the college environment and all mm-hmm. that stuff and how, you know, I don't know what the percentage really is, but you hear statistics like, you know, 80% of kids who are in high school that follow Jesus when they're in high school, you know, end up walking. And it's not like they don't know who Jesus anymore, but they don't, they don't continue to go to church or they don't continue to be involved in a ministry or something like that mm-hmm. in college. But what's been your experience with that? Um, yeah, you know, for me, it's funny, actually, I feel like the end of high school was really when I, I stopped going to church um, because there was a transition in my um, the leadership of my church and it just started kind of getting monotonous and old and I took a break. So the last two or three years of high school, um, I wasn't really going to church. And so when I was moving to Tempe to go to ASU, um, a really good friend of mine who was actually the college pastor of my old church, he said, hey, um, my parents actually have started this church in Tempe. It's right by campus. They have great community. You know, I, I really love worship music. They have great music. Um, a lot of college kids, a lot of ASU kids, you should start going to that church. Um, so the first Sunday that I was in the dorms, I literally walked. I didn't have a car, so I walked 
you know, a mile and a half, two miles to where this church was because I didn't know anyone who went there who could give me a ride. Um, And I got there, of course, drenched in sweat. It was so embarrassing. I was meeting all these people for the first time. Um, But I instantly just fell in love with this community. And I met someone. um, Her name is Samantha Kingma. She's actually one of the leaders of the college group at the, the spring, the church that I'm going to in Tempe. And she said, hey, next week I'm going to give you a ride. And that just kind of was something that continued every week. And I think if I hadn't had that initial community, um, especially just a community centered around Christ, centered around fellowship, um, coming to ASU, my journey would definitely have been different because at ASU, yes, there's this whole aspect of, you know, there's kids who party, there's kids who, you know, are not super serious about school, there's kids who are just, you know, doing their there to mess around. Um, but there's also a lot of churches kind of coming at these ASU students because it's a, just a hub for, for getting people to come to church, getting people to go to your Bible study, to go to your group. Um, and I think that can be really confusing, especially for a college freshman. So I was really lucky to get right plugged into a church um, and also just to find some friends within my own community that, sh- that kind of shared my heart, shared my value, shared my experience um, to get connected with. Yeah, that's great that you have found that. And so when you're talking with your fellow Barrett School students, and uh, how, let me just ask you this, because I know you're bold and you don't mind getting into any kind of conversation with mm-hmm. people, especially about Jesus or whatever, but how, what's the spiritual environment there? To, or I shouldn't even say spiritual environment as much as what is, um, like, uh, how free-flowing conversations like that? Are people, people willing to engage on campus in that conversation of spirituality, for instance? They may not think about it as necessarily Christianity as much, but like, how, how, how much uh, can you just interact with students on campus from your experience and mm-hmm. say like, hey, can we talk about this? What do you think about God? I think in general, it gets, it's pretty difficult because at ASU, you know, the biggest college um, in the nation, there are so many, like I said, so many different groups kind of coming um, for these, for these students. Um, some groups that are really awesome, some Christian groups that are not super awesome, Um, So like I said, it can be confusing and you really, I think a lot of college students get really turned off to religion because we have, you know, these people that will come and they'll have the big signs, you know, like God hates blank and God hates this, these type of people or, you know, you know, things like that, that are really shameful. And so you kind of get these crazy street preachers who are just really using shame tactics and anger and hate, um, to preach to the ASU students and like that, I think around campus, that's kind of the representation of (coughs) Christianity, unfortunately. Um, But I think what's special about um, Barrett Honors College is that you have some students that are a little more scholarly minded and every Barrett freshman has to take a class called the human event where they go through, you know, the, the great literature from the beginning of time to the modern day. And in those classes, you know, there are smaller classes, about 20 people for each class. You're discussing literature, you're discussing theory, you're discussing human thought. Um, those classes are very, very open to discussing religion. Um, I know for mine, we read texts from St. Augustine, we read the Hebrew Bible, we read um, the, the modern Bible, we read the Quran, we read Jewish texts, we read um, some Indian uh, myth and religious texts. Um, so they kind of are really, really open to discussing religion in that way. So I have found it's a little bit easier to talk about it in that sort of scholarly setting rather than just kind of like yeah. 
talking in general because people really do have, you know, these representations of Christianity mm-hmm. around campus have kind of soured people's taste and idea of what of what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and truly, it's about our walk with Jesus anyway and just living that out mm-hmm. uh, as far as an example, right? I mean, yeah. because ultimately— uh, you can talk all you want to talk, and you can have those scholarly discussions, which I think is important to have mm-hmm. to be able to talk in that realm as well. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, people are going to look at your life. Yeah. Oh, totally. And I, that's something I thought about a lot. I, I grew up in a private Christian school until fifth grade, and then I transferred to a very, very liberal um, performing arts school. And in that transition, you know, I was exposed for the first time in my life to people who had different religions than me, different political views, different life values. Um, And being in that environment from sixth grade to 12th grade really challenged me because I knew it's not my heart to, you know, I'm not trying to convert people. I'm not trying to be angry with people. I'm not trying to convict people and shame people. Like, I just want to love people. And when being in middle school and high school in that environment, it really taught me how to love people well and how to love people fully um, and that the, the way that I was going to show people that I love Jesus wasn't going to be through, you know, hosting a Bible study and like forcing people to come to a Bible study. It was just going to be through being myself, loving people really well and being a good friend to those who needed a good friend. Mm-hmm. So that's what I carry into college as well. Cause I think that's what college kids, that's what college students need. They need friendship. They need people who love them. They need people who are going to care for them. They don't need, you know, some angry preacher on the street shaming them for for whatever lifestyle they're having or, you know, saying these terrible, terrible things. That's because that's what they see on campus. They they really don't. Do you have a lot of that? Do you? I mean, around campus? Yeah, yeah. Every, you know, I don't know how often I I see them on campus, but pretty frequently, like I'll see somebody Mm. on campus with a big, and you know, they always get a lot of attention. And it's just, it's very upsetting to me because it's such a poor representation of what I believe. And it's, it's like, I, it's very offensive to me. It's, and it's something that makes my heart very sad. Um, because I'm, I, you know, I, for me, my mm-hmm. faith is so important to me and it's so personal and it's, it's very spiritual. Um, and I think when people, when people see that they get a bad representation of that. And so yeah. it's something I don't want to be associated with yeah. at all. Well, I know I, a lot of the big events certainly that come out, you know, the, that group, whoever that group is, or people with the big signs mm-hmm. that say, you know, essentially that turn or you're going to hell mm-hmm. um, in various ways, you know, um, stated on these big signs. Well, I know with the final four that was here recently, my son went downtown with a group of other friends of his mm-hmm. and some other parents to um to the experience the final four experience mm-hmm. and so they had all these people out picketing sort of picketing i mean they had their signs but they were yelling at people as they would go in and they would be and this is my son will who's like dad these guys and women too who are protesting the final four i guess um and how it was not about jesus and they were saying things like basketball is not going to save you you know only (laughs) jesus is going to save you you Uh know basketball you know and he they come out of the final uh, the experience and so then there was this interaction between uh one of the parents that was in the group we know who they know the lord and so they were again saying like you guys need to confess your sins and um 
My son Will says, "I'm already a Christian," and they and the answer and the answer was, "But you need to confess today." Yeah. You're saying so. It's like, wait a minute, what's so? And thankfully, my son's been around enough of the environment, you know, in the church and and just in life, and we've had these discussions enough. Mm-hmm. He wasn't intimidated by it. I think he was more like, "This is really interesting." He's only 14, mm-hmm. but uh, one of the moms stepped in and said. Um, hey, listen, you need to calm down to this, these people that are, you know, kind of mm-hmm. around and saying that. And the guy says to her, hey, as a woman, you have no authority to speak. And the child, I'm like, oh, my gosh. I mean, it was just crazy. And so but here. But when you said, for instance, like it's a poor representation of what I believe, it's like, man, I, I know that we tend to know this, but um. But how, you know, how that gets processed with the general public, Mm -hmm. right? You never know, Mm -hmm. right? But I just want to ask the people who are doing, like, has anyone actually ever come to know Jesus? Yeah, that's what I want to know, too, because it just, (laughs) I mean, you know, and more, they can do whatever they want to do, but I just think it's the wrong way to go about it. And I think, unfortunately, they're really blindsided. And any conversation that I have about my faith with people, I always let them know hey, the point is love. And there's a lot of people who are Christian, but they hate and their point is hate and they've gotten it wrong. And I'm here just to love people. And that is the central mission of my life. And so that's what I wish I could just tell to all of these street protesters and preachers, like love yeah. is the is it. Well, Chloe, you're such a good representation too of just doing that with people, with just the people you run across on the street, which is great. And so, hey, when we come back, we're going to continue to talk. I want to hear about your life growing up because it's interesting and um, you got a lot of stories uh, about that. So anyway, we're going to be right back with Chloe Rutledge. Stay with us. Hey, welcome back. This is Lance Rahoff, your host today on Koinonia, and I have Chloe Rutledge with me. Chloe is a sophomore at Arizona State University, part of the Barrett School. I just said the Barrett School. That's fine. The Barrett. When you say it in my heart, my heart I want the dies comma. a little bit. Barrett, comma, the Honors College. Yeah, Barrett, comma, the Honors College. <laughs> Chloe, you have become a little bit of a diva since you've gotten oh, into college. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> these, I told these elitist spirit students. They just they know what they want. <laughs> they know what they want. Yeah. What do you want? What's like your dream for the future? Oh, gosh. I mean, like when you go, man, Chloe, like what is the dream? Do you have one? It's OK if you don't. I mean, you know, you know, I think at Let's... this point in my life, all I can say is I want a really cute house with a red door and a big kitchen and a job where I get to interact with a lot of people and be creative and have fun. Man. That's all I know. Really demanding. <laughs> I'm so demanding. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> a cute house. Huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have that in mind now with the red door. Yeah, I got a picture of what that looks like. and some mm-hmm. white detail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some dogs. Dogs. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about a guy? A yeah. guy in your life? You have a dream with a guy? I mean, not, I'm not saying like right <laughs> now today, Chloe, because you're getting all red. Like I brought up guys and all of a sudden you like want to walk out of the studio. Wow. 
Just kidding. <laughs> well, I do. You are. There is a guy in your life right now. There is a guy in my life right now. My boyfriend, Josh. Mm-hmm. We've been dating for three months, but right. we've been, we were really good friends for almost two years. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going well. Going, yeah, going really well. Mm-hmm. Based on Instagram, it is. Yeah, you know. But Instagram, I don't like to base Instagram like. It was our reality. <laughs> I don't want to base our whole view of how life's going on, so, you know. On social rel- media. Yeah, relying on social media no, because I sh- everything's I try to keep all it real on social media. Yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. So um, let's go back to your life growing up. Yeah. Okay, you um, grew up here in Phoenix, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me about it. Like, uh, tell me about just what was it like for Chloe to grow up in Phoenix and um, parents, family, et cetera. Yeah. Lord in that. Um, well, you know, I don't know how far back you want to go. I was born. Do you remember when you were actually born? I don't remember that. Yeah, most people do. But don't. I, you know, I hear lots of stories. I was born <laughs> six weeks premature. You were? Yeah. My mm-hmm. mom was very sick. Um, so everyone was super excited when I was born. I was healthy. Um and my so mom and dad um my dad i think the most notable thing about him is that he's six nine. Oh and wow he's giant yeah. so we have really cute pictures of little premature chloe being held in like one of my dad's hands um but yeah so i was um i was born i was an only child um and i grew up going to a, like i said a private christian school that my mom also worked at um but i also come from a big family i have my mom has a lot of siblings i have a lot of cousins um so i like to think that i'm the exception to the only child spoiled only child thing um cuz i was raised with a lot of cousins and i was also kind of forced to be come super mature super early cuz i was always hanging out with my mom and her adult friends mm. um so i was always around adults um but when I was about eight years old, 10 years old, some sometime in my childhood, my parents got divorced um, and we, my mom had got full custody of me and we moved in to live with my grandma. Um, and then after living with my grandma for a while, my mom and I found um, a really awesome condo in Central Phoenix. So we moved kind of from West Phoenix area to Central Phoenix um, and that was kind of the start of of, of it all, I guess, because that was when I um, transferred into my performing arts school. Um, you know, my mom started a new job. We kind of started this whole new chapter of our life. Um, and then eventually we found a really cute house in a super, super cute neighborhood in Central Phoenix. Kind of what I picked, what my dream house kind of looks like. With the like. red door. Um, yeah, our door's green, like a really nice forest mm-hmm. green, but I, you know, it's but still, you can picture what it would be exactly like. with a red door. Um, so we found this awesome house. Um, and so that's still where my mom lives. Um, yeah. So, okay. Well, let me ask you this is where, where was the Lord in that? Uh, like how did you process life and God during that time? Like parents getting a divorce, you were young, mm-hmm. would you say eight or nine? Yeah. Yeah, you were young, and so how, like, can looking back now, you have the hindsight benefit, looking back now, like, how did you process that and relationship with the Lord in probably, I mean, one of the most challenging times of your life, I would think. Yeah, and I, it's kind of funny, because when I think back on that time, I don't really feel like I was really affected by the divorce in an outward way, and I don't think I really even knew what was happening Um, and there were also a lot of good things about it. My father is alcoholic and it was just an environment that 
we really needed to get out of. And so to me, it always made sense, you know, why they separated, why we weren't living with him anymore. Um, to me, that always made sense. Um, and so I think in the moment, it was just something that didn't affect me in like an outward way. But I think internally, it was something definitely that, because that's hard. I mean, and that's that's a lot of pressure. And I think as I got older, um, and I started to process more of what that meant to be, you know, with a like live with a single mother, um, to have an alcoholic father, um, and have to maintain a relationship with him was something that was kind of difficult. But it's amazing to look back on it because I can just see the Lord's provision. Like provision is the word that really I would associate with that because, um, you know, my mom and I were able to, you know, live on our own. She was able to find this new awesome job. Um, I was able to go to this awesome school, get this really great arts education. Um, I have been able to travel and do so much. Um, and the Lord has really blessed me because despite, you know, my childhood and um, kind of the, the things that my mom and I had to endure, we've had this amazing life. And I just give that all to God for being a provider for for mm, us. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. But you're you have a relationship with your dad. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Okay, so clearly your mom's played a huge part yeah. in your life. Yeah. And so do you let me just ask you this, Chloe. Do you feel like I mean, I know you said, well, I didn't really feel like the old, the only child syndrome because mm-hmm. you had all these cousins, but the reality is is you're an only yeah. child. And so do you feel like you kind of get whatever you want? Um and be honest. If Chloe wants it, let's give it to her. Yes. Sweet Chloe. Yes and Can't no. do anything wrong. I think I, think I get whatever I want, <laughs> but I think my family would also say that I don't want a lot, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, it does make sense. Yeah, I, I think, I'm trying to joke with you a little bit about that, but... I am pretty sort spoiled. Of. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, Chloe, you're the type of person, though, that people want to do things for you anyway, because you give so much of yourself, mm-hmm. too. I know that for a fact. Now... Um, let me, so you go through high school. It was interesting that you talked about, you kind of stopped going to church while mm-hmm. you're still in high school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, let me just say, when I'm going to ask you a question that, you know, it's not necessarily a right or wrong answer to, but I think it's an interesting one for you is when you, we talk about this freedom in the Lord, mm-hmm. what does it mean to walk with freedom in relationship with the Lord? Because a lot of people, right, will get to, well, you got to, you know, you need to be involved in a church. And by the way, I love the local church, and mm-hmm. I think we should be invested in a local church. But I don't, the local church doesn't save you. Now there are people who get saved in the church, clearly. Mm-hmm. But the local, it's it's about relationship with Jesus. And what does it mean to you to say, like, freedom with Christ? Like, to just walk with freedom in Christ? Doesn't have to do with I the think, church necessarily. I'm just asking. Yeah, I think that's just... A really good concept. I think it's a very reassuring concept because everybody's relationship with religion and with spirituality looks different. And I think for having freedom in Christ, it's that my life, my journey in that area is going to look a lot different than my mom's, than yours, than my friends. And it doesn't have to mean, okay, everyone goes to church on Sunday, you go to youth group on Wednesday, you pray every day, you read the scripture every day, you go to bed. I think that taking time off of actually going to church services was really good because it helped me. You know, I already had a foundation in my relationship with the Lord, but it helped me solidify that, I think, because it was it became super personal and it became something that I did on my own time in my own way. 
um, with, you know, sitting in my room and reading the scriptures and singing and praying and meditating, um, taking that and talking to my, talking to friends, talking to mentors, talking to you about that, stuff like that, um, at that crucial time was really, so I think, yeah, when we talk about freedom, it's just that it can look very different for everybody and that the Lord gives you time for that and, and wants you to take your time with developing whatever that relationship's yeah. going to be. Yeah, that's a good answer for sure. And and not to say that, for instance, all of those things that are disciplines in our life, like for someone who's a new believer, get involved in a church oh, in the Bible imp- study, yeah, it's so like important. crucial, mm-hmm. right? And and it is important for us to remain in community. But here's the thing. So koinonia, the, the uh, name of this show is the Greek word for community. And uh, you're all about community. I know you love community. And so what does community look like to you? Like, when we say, like, what, what does it mean to be in community, Chloe? It's mm. a good question. I do love community. And I think it's just fr- it's just friendships, like a bunch of friends. And um, when I picture it, I picture a bunch of people sitting around a table, eating a meal together, um, you know, going out and doing activities together and just being there for each other. And so... When I think of community, especially within the church, um, and the and when I think back to the best communities that I've had in the, growing up in the church and being in being in a church now, it's just people that are going to be there for you, um, no matter what. People that are going to support you no matter what, and just kind of walk on this journey through life. And so, kind of like I was talking, how everybody's journey looks different. I think community members back that up for you and they yeah. recognize that everyone's journey is different but hey i'm here to help you with that mm-hmm. um and i think it's really fun i think the community and the gospel and church has a lot of room for just a lot of fun and a lot of joy yeah and i like to take advantage of that yeah sure. it's interesting you mentioned joy because i i just think that for you're right for a lot of christians or a lot of perceptions about christians from the outside is that there's not a lot of joy and fun and all that stuff, which I think Christians should be the most joyful people yeah. on earth, right? Mm-hmm. E- despite our circumstances, it doesn't mean that we're always the happiest people on earth because, I mean, we're going through crisis or death or whatever mm-hmm. it is. There's times where you're just not happy or you're mm-hmm. broken and all that, but there's a joy that comes with following Jesus and and how we process through those times um, really does make a statement to the world, doesn't it? Totally. Yeah. I mean, uh, so it's funny. I said that in a men's group one time just about joy, and, and I got some pushback on it. It's like, ah, you can't always be joyful. And I'm like, no, we always can be joyful because we know who true joy is, yeah. right? Now, how that looks, it can look very different with all of us. But wouldn't that be a great thing to be marked by as a community? Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Hey, we're going to be right back with Chloe Rutledge, so stay with us. Hey, welcome back. This is Lance Rahoff, your host today for Koinonia. I have my guest, Chloe Rutledge, who is a sophomore at ASU, Arizona State University, right here in Phoenix, 80,000 students. But she's in a little area of only about 9,000 students of a very elitist college Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) called the Barrett, School of Honors stuff. So close. I could see you were stalling trying to think about how to say it. (laughs) The Uh, Barrett, Barrett, the the Honors College. Mm-hmm. I know. I kind of intentionally messed that one up, though, now. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm never going to say it how it's supposed to be said now. Yeah, that's fine. Because I know you Barrett people. 
It's like nails on a chalkboard, though. But I know. That's why, that's why I do it. It's just annoying mm-hmm. to you Barrett people. <laughs> the rest of the human population just place. can't live up to your standards. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, um, no, it's cool. That's really, uh, it is an awesome honor to be part of the Barrett School, though. Oh, totally. Again, I just said Barrett School. It's okay. School. You can just say uh, Barrett. A kid? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm gonna, I'll do that for you. But let's get to more um, interesting topics right now. Uh-huh. Uh, guys, okay. we kind of visited briefly yeah. a little bit. And so there's a guy in your life. We talked mm-hmm. about that. His name's Josh. Mm-hmm. And you've known him for a couple of years, but you've been dating for three months. Okay. What's been the best part of, of dating Josh in the last three months? Oh, gosh. Don't act like you hadn't thought about that you know, there are just so many 23 out of 24 hours of the day. I know, right. Um, <laughs> I think it's just we have so much fun no matter what we're doing. Oh, great. Um, I important. just really, really have fun with him. Um, and I think that does come from being friends for a long time first because um, mm-hmm. we had a really, really strong friendship of a lot of similar interests. And just, yeah, I kind of no matter what I'm doing, I always want to do it with him because mm-hmm. it's always fun. Yeah, it's good. It's so important to have fun. You know, it's interesting. Tim Keller has this marriage series. Not that we're talking about marriage, Keller. He says, hey, don't be thinking about marriage. You're a sophomore. I'm just kidding. Oh, you're of the Lord. <laughs> just kidding. Um, uh, no, I, I I was thinking about a message, though. Uh, Tim Keller does this series. Wait, actually, it's from way back in, like, 1991. It's the most popular. I love Tim Keller. Yeah, it's one of the most popular sermon series. It's like nine spots, but it's... He did it back when it was on cassette tape. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he says is, is marry your best friend. And so how so many people miss that. Mm-hmm. And and not that I'm trying to urge you to go down this road, but I'm just saying that when you said, oh, you have fun together and you guys have been friends together, a lot of the times, like, you have this, like, best friend, you go, oh, but there's not the chemistry there or whatever it is. But he gets into that whole thing and saying, you know, sometimes we look for that woman or that guy mm-hmm. who I'm going to be super attracted to mm-hmm. or whatever, but they're not necessarily their best friend. And mm-hmm. and it is so important. And now you're in college and you're dating. And obviously those are the things that come up. You go, wow, if I've, you know, and who knows, maybe, you, you know, he's the guy, maybe he's not. So what do you think, Chloe? Is he the guy? Wow. I know. <laughs> A lot of questions are being asked right now. I just, um, I'm totally but, putting you on the spot, and I don't expect you to answer that. But what I, what I will say about that is I wasn't looking for Josh, and I think that's something that's really important, too. Like, we were just friends for so long, yeah. and he wasn't on my radar at all. And little, we started dating in January, and little did I know that he had liked me for months and months, and I oh, was cool. just clueless. And I think that's something that is also super important because – it came at a time in my life where I really was holding on to this idea that that I didn't have to strive for anything. And, you know, that the verse um, in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I really had that in my heart of like, hey, you know, God provides for me. He takes care of me. Like, I don't have to want for anything. I don't have to look for guys. I don't have to go after guys. I mean, and not just for that, for anything, you know, I don't have to strive to get this career, like strive to get this job and, and this class and, you know, this opportunity because God has taken care of me. I just kind of have to live my life in the best way that I can and not, I don't have to want for anything. And it was literally, like literally right around that time that Josh and I started dating and mm-hmm. I really didn't have, I didn't, I wasn't looking for him. It just kind of happened. And now it's turned out to be 
the most fun three months of my life and just some super, super good stuff. So that's great. Yeah. No, it really is great. And that you can just have fun with it because Mm. it is a fun, uh, you know, you don't want to miss out. Well, it's any part of our life we don't want to miss out Mm. on, right? We want to be able to walk through the process. Sometimes we try to get to the destination too Mm. quick, right? But for you just to enjoy that time Mm -hmm. in college. And so with your major, your economics major, Mm -hmm. But you have a minor in what? So uh, right now I have a double major, actually, with economics and global studies, and then a minor in French. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. So um, speak some French. So like... Bonjour, oui. Okay, I know what those mean. Baguette, cigarette. Oui, mais vraiment, je parle français, et oui, c'est ça. Is it required when you speak French that, because I hear this often from people, they go, uh, like a little... Uh. It, it kind of happens, you know, and I actually, I talk about how when I speak French, I kind of adopt this new persona of Chloe, and she's different from Chloe. Because mm. um, I think a big part of learning a language and learning a language well is you kind of have to, it's just a character that you play a little bit. Yeah, you become sense. Chloe. So, you know, if you, you watch my facial expression, I'm when I speak French, my... You know, I'm frowning more. I'm pouting more, and I have. I you find all the, the French to be frowners and pouters. You know, I think some one of my French friends explained it to me that you know Americans smile all the time, and the French only smile when there's something to smile about. Mm. And I think that they're not sad and they're not mean. They're just more discerning on their smiles. Yeah, they don't give it out freely. Yeah, I think they're so. not fake smilers. No. But that's American. So if so if you get a French person smiling at you, you know there's something really good yeah, going on. Exactly. Mm, exactly. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, uh, okay. So the other part. Let's just get to this other. Uh, you are a singer, mm-hmm. and I've heard you sing before. Mm-hmm. You're great. So what's your favorite song to sing? Oh gosh. Um, that kind of depends. Um. I sing a lot in the shower, to be honest. Really? And What's your favorite song in the shower to sing? Probably. I love singing old jazz songs. Really? So some of those. Like I love, who? Like Misty by Johnny Mathis. Okay. And, Can you sing it? Um, if you if you really want me to. I do. That's why I asked. Look at me. I'm as helpless as a kitten up a tree. That's all you're getting from No me. way. Keep it going. And I feel like I'm clinging to a cloud. I can't believe I'm singing on the radio. Okay. Keep going. One more. I can't understand. I get misty just holding your hand. Oh, man, that's good. I'm dying. You can't see me, but I'm really red right now. (laughs) (laughs) So that's great. So that's some good shower tunes. Yeah, I love singing jazz. Um, Mm -hmm. I love, I sing at church. I love singing at church for sure. Um, I was raised, you know, singing classical music. So opera, classical stuff, musical Mm. theater stuff. I I do it all. What's your favorite Christian song to sing at church? Um, mm, I love the song Good, Good Father. Mm. Mm -hmm. Can you sing a part of that? You know, I think we've reached our singing capacity <laughs> for the day. <laughs> I'm really pushing in some areas. But, hey, uh, <clears throat> how do you connect? Uh, let me talk about music mm-hmm. and your arts and connecting with the Lord. Because mm-hmm. uh, I remember taking a class in seminary where we just talked about the different ways that we worship, right? And so it's kind of like in prayer time. Some of the best prayer time I have is when I go hiking. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, time with the Lord and just talking and hearing from the Spirit and 
the Lord putting impressions on me. I mean, it's just even yesterday hiking. Um, I just felt like the Lord was giving me so much like, oh, I need you to think about this, Lance, and so forth. So that's a really great place mm-hmm. for me. Well, how does that work with you? And like, because I know you're passionate about music and mm-hmm. the arts. Mm-hmm. How does that look in relationship with the Lord? I just think it's so connected and it's such a natural way to connect with God. And it's such a natural way to praise God. Um, and it's very, very important to me. Um and I'm actually a member of the ASU Gospel Choir. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 120-ish people that um, sing gospel music, you know, and not everyone in that class is um, a Christian, but for me, that's just a very, it's, we have, you know, every Tuesday and Thursday from 4.30 to 5.50, we have rehearsal, and that's a very important time for me because any form of music, especially when it's music about God, music connecting to God, really fills up, fills me up, and mm-hmm. um, I don't think I could really survive without that um and then you know i remember i think just the act of being creative in the presence of god is super important and um mike bickle from the international house of prayer um once said you know the best way to to learn the scripture is to sing about it um and so i from when i in middle school i remember writing songs about scripture Mm -hmm. and it's just i mean i'll never forget that those you know what i mean and um so it just has really, really been a crucial, crucial way for me to um, connect with God, for me to find my identity, for me to be filled and be renewed continually is just with that connection to music and to the arts. Yeah, it's so good. I really love that, Chloe, because <clears throat> when you're gifted like you are, and if anyone has a passion, even if they don't sing as well as you, but they love to just connect with the Lord in that way. You just want to encourage that, right? I mean, because I think that for a lot of people, there's this... (laughs) Yeah, and um, I just think that uh, a lot of times... um, People feel like they have to do church or do relationship with the Lord in a certain way because it's where their parents were or whatever. And now you have this generational change, right? Mm-hmm. You have this, like, I'm at the top of the, with Gen X came out, the book Gen X came out when I was in high school. So I'm like at the edge of the top line of the Gen Xers mm-hmm. or whatever. You're a millennial. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so uh, when we talk about, like, um, connections with the Lord, I think sometimes the generations just kind of go, well, this is how we did it, and this mm-hmm. is the way you do it. But for you, as a millennial, um, I, I don't know. What do you think is the biggest misconception for um, about your generation mm. with the Lord or with relationship with the Lord? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it's hard. You know, I don't really think of myself as a millennial, even though I am. But I think the biggest misconception is like, millennials hate religion because i think a lot we've had a lot of pushback on millennials from millennials not accepting religion but i think truly we are just all looking for belonging like any other people and we need that yeah Yeah. no that's good okay chloe so we're going to come back with our last segment of the day but before as we go out right now can you sing one little tune because really like what's another shower tune real quick because we're gonna and we'll just exit our time and then we'll come back to wrap things up i don't know um, Do a good, good father. And I've heard a thousand stories of why they think you're like, but I hear the tender whisper of love in the dead of night. Is that good enough? Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, welcome back. This is Lance Rahoff, your host with Koinonia today. Chloe Rutledge, it's been so great having you on the show. Uh, not just great. It's been it's just a blessing for me to be around you. And I know that there are so many people in college and friendships you've had over the years that just love Chloe mm-hmm. or Chloe. 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 And <clears throat> so, hey, we're going to close out the segment today. But let me just ask you, like, will you pray for the people that are driving around or listening on their computers yeah, or totally. on the radio today? And just because uh, you hear from the Lord. Uh, that It's really clear and that you do hear the spirit. The, the word tells us in John 10 that the sheep hear the shepherd's voice. Mm-hmm. And so we have the ability because his spirit's alive in us to hear the, from the hear from the father. And mm-hmm. so um, why don't we just pray now? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, Lord, thank you so much for this beautiful morning. I woke up at 7 a.m. That was so early, but you sustained me. Um, But thank you so much for Lance and for this opportunity to come and have us just be in community and talk about you and how much we love you. And God, I pray today that um, you would remind us of your love and remind us that that's all we need. Um, Remind us that away from all the noise of the world, all the anger of the world, all the hate of the world, um, your love is there and your love is true and your love is victorious. Um, and that there's nothing that we could do that separates us from that. There's nothing that could happen that takes that away. Um, and so I pray today love would be on our tongues, love would be in our ears, love would be in our hearts. Um, and bless all those who are listening today. Um, and how, let's have some fun too. Yeah. And your name, good. amen. No, that's so good. Well, thanks, Chloe, for that. And hey, if anybody's listening today and they go, man, I'd really like to get hold of Chloe or I'd yeah. like to ask her a question about something that was on today, how would yeah. somebody get hold of you? Let's be friends. Um, you guys can email me. My email is Chloe, C-H-L-O-E, G, Rutledge, R-U-T-L-E-D-G-E. So C-H-L-O-E-G-R-U-T-L-E-D-G-E <laughs> at gmail.com. All right. Mm-hmm. Good. Glo- Chloe Rutledge at gmail.com. Chloe so, G. Rutledge. Chloe, My middle name is oh, Grace. Chloe Anyways. G. Rutledge. Yeah. yeah. Hey, that's great because uh, if you have a question for Chloe about anything, or if you want to hear Chloe sing some yeah. more, you can go to the Springs <laughs> Church. Yeah, the spring. I sing at the Sunday night services, 5 p.m. There you go. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. So, well, welcome or have a great day today, Chloe, and the rest Thanks. of you listening. Lord bless you. Thank you.